0: a
1: hat Really? so I've decided to start taking pictures of these dogs in these outfits every time I see them and yeah. I walked up and she was like oh my god Brittany she wants to take a picture I said your dog name is Brittany <laughs> who did you not like in high school yeah like, cause why did it's you... not
0: named a, a, after a family it's member Brittany? that's like that's probably the name they wanted growing up that like, was I like, always wanted to be a Brittany
1: she was like you know what yeah my mom my mom was supposed to name me Brittany that dog name was Brittany <laughs> Brittany with a braided sweater Santa.
0: There's nothing left to say Sometimes Kelly will say it anyway
1: I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Hey, 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 what up, y'all? It is your girl, Kelly, here on Kelly Talks, and I'm super-duper excited about our guest today. Um, We have Miss Lily B., one of the (laughs) dopest storytellers in the country, but we have her right here in Chicago, and uh, just... Earlier, I just found out that she has been on the Moth and was the Story Slam and Grand Slam champion of the Moth. Like I love the Moth. Thank you. Yeah, one of them. One of them. Amazing for sure. That is amazing. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Lee, Lily. Yes, I'm going to call you Lisa. Jesus, that's my sister's name. That's my (laughs) producer's name. That's who runs the. The show, um, yeah, man. Thanks for coming out here to do this for Thanks me. Thanks so much for having me. I was like, Kelly, what? Yeah, of course, I'm free. You yeah, know, you call me on a good. I'm off every Friday, so that's dope. That works out. You work? I do. Where I do. you work at? I'm a carpenter. What is that? What I mean, I know what it is, but what do you do? Oh, specifically? building
0: Brown, I work for Building Brown Workshop, uh-huh. um, and kind of just happened. I mean, I used to do a lot of carpentry work with like my stepfather, and then I was a nanny. Uh, the nanny family basically was like, look. We can't afford you, uh, oh, <laughs> it, was, wow. it was something like that, and then um my uh, my this guy, Andres, who owns the building Brown was like, "I need help in the shop." if you nice. want to come out. So I build, um, we do a lot of like furniture type things, like uh, desks for like uh, Art Institute, School of the Art Institute, or uh, convention walls. And we do a lot of art installation stuff and set design stuff. So like a lot of sets. We build a lot of sets for theater.
1: That's um, fun. Yeah,
0: I know. I love it. I, lo- I love the autonomy that I get doing carpentry. Like I'm, at, you know, because it's two worlds. Like I'm a performer at night and in the daytime, I'm all by myself with my headphones. Like, Working power. on st- and yeah. I
1: love that stuff. I built my bed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. See, that, that's the that kind of stuff I do. Stuff is amazing. I love it. I love it. Just you.
1: I built this. This is you this know? is me. I did this. You know? So it's good. So uh, where did you grow up at? Did you
0: here Chicago? Humble Park. Humble Park. Humble so. Park. Kenzie yeah. and Cortez. Yep. That's where I was, like Augusta and Kedzie. Did you uh, have
1: any uh siblings or anything? Yeah, I have two,
0: my brother and my sister. I'm yeah. the uh, I'm the oldest of three.
1: Now you said stepfather, so you obviously grew up in a household with your mother and then she remarried. She
0: remarried, yeah, she remarried a guy like eleven years her junior. And uh Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, my mom was a cougar. Before that was a term.
1: <laughs> <I> was
0: like, <laughs> But but, you like to date younger um, men, so I guess you guys got it, honestly, right? Exactly. Don't fall the mango. Don't fall far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) But no, she. um, Yeah, no, she married uh, Juan, and he. That's what he did. You know, he was uh, like undocumented and did a bunch of construction jobs where people hired him. And rather than like hire his drunk friends, he'd be like come on kids <laughs> i'm you y'all with me right and then we worked for like mcdonald's and like bubble gum. so he like he was just like yeah it's cheap labor but <laughs> we learned <laughs> but we learned a lot um like having him like holding up drywall uh measuring things out uh, wow like we it's kind of like he mr miyagi does you know how mr miyagi taught daniel <laughs> how to like do karate by doing house chores like that's he he taught us like real valuable like Lessons. skills like yeah. just skills like you should know how to like use a screwdriver or a or a drill right and yeah. like i mean yeah i'm like oh i know how to use one of these i mean i've been drilling drywall into into studs for
1: <laughs> <laughs> right for years for, for i was years. born doing uh, this yeah basically so, so was was one uh replacement for your dad or did your was your dad still current in your oh, life no. or? my
0: dad was uh he was like abs like he him and my mom got divorced on some like re- it's in my like I, I did a one woman show recently where I talk about that story that specific story about what made them get divorced which was like my dad was a, a womanizer like that's right and uh and my mom just getting sick of it was like I'm gonna catch him and she caught him um and then they got divorced and that happened when I was five and at okay. that m- and, and, and as soon as that happened that was like the last time I saw my dad Like, once he was out the house. And what's crazy is that I would see him. Like, I would see him in the streets. Like, he lived walking distance from my house. He just up, moved in with, like, a whole new family and raised a whole new family as, like, a stepfather. And I went to high school with the oldest child of this new family. And he'd come pick her up at school and I'd take the bus home. And we lived walking distance from each other. Like, that's the kind of, like, male I saw growing up. So when Juan came around... Um, he was all about us. Like, he was like, he won, like, my, like, he was like. Did Juan like, have
1: kids? No, oh,
0: okay. he was like 24. My mom was like 30, <laughs> you know, sure. 36 or something like that, or something, yeah. something like that. He was young, and my mom was older. And, um, he was about us and maybe because he was closer in age to us <laughs> he
1: was like I can relate what up I was like what up hang on, let's hang out come on
0: no he was that but he also had his issues like he 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 had an alcohol problem but it wasn't this like alcoholic come home abuse your mom it was like this like alcoholic come home at four in the morning because he found a slip and slide in the garbage and he's like hey kids I found a slip and slide <laughs> <laughs> he let's, was
1: a happy drunk
0: he was the happiest drunk it was like and, and my mom of course like happy or not happy like it still pays like it it, it it runs its toll on people you know and she's just like i know my kids love you because they think you're so fun but you need to get a real job (laughs) you know that's cool so yeah but he was definitely a uh, a more positive male role model despite um not being like my dad not being my dad and also despite not fitting this mold of like what a dad should be like he didn't like have like he didn't provide for us like he was just a he was kind of a mom right but not in that way that like he i mean I remember,
1: but he, pr- he provided
0: security though, and he, he oh you- no, he's he's protected us like yeah. he he legit like I had a stomach ache freshman year, or high school sophomore year of high school, and I didn't know what it was, and I was home, and then he was just like he tried teas and he tried like everything like medicine, pepto bismol, like thought and he's like, you know what, we have to take you to the hospital, and he like carried me because I couldn't even stand up and walk. Oh, he wow. like picked me up off the couch where I was like ah, mm-hmm.
1: dying,
0: and uh and carried me across Humble Park to Norwegian Hospital where they found out that my appendix was about to burst. Oh, wow. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that he'd do, right? Like, he'd drive me to school in the morning where I had to wait on the corner for a bus stop, uh, and in the wintertime, it's like there. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. You don't want to wait on the corner. He'd like take me in his orange pickup truck, and we and let me and sit with me at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, while the school bus picked me up. Like waited until the bus picked me up. And le- and those are like little things, right? That you remember someone was yeah. there for you to do, right? Like he'd be like, "Stay home, Anna," while I take the yeah. uh, Anna being my mom, like while I take the kids to the bus stop. Just
1: the small things. Just yeah. the little things. Yeah, and then you yeah. appreciate
0: that, and you. you it, it 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 means it it means a lot and it does mean more than it, it is at the time like but now i know and now in my adulthood i know that like i know like you know what he was kind of he was there and he did show us like a good man What a good man maybe not like you know not maybe not on paper but in heart and soul like that de- my stepfather
1: well it really definitely, doesn't even matter what it says on paper mm-hmm. at this point it's like how did you make me feel what did I walk away remembering? Am I scorned by you, right. <laughs> or am I well, but you know at the time how people
0: are like he—he he a drunk and he yeah. a blah blah blah. People like, always people, trying right. to put their
1: labels on
0: mm-hmm. situations. But they didn't see how he was like with us. He'd yeah. leave the house before he said anything out of pocket to my mom. Like he would leave, or if he saw that he was about to get into something like even with us, like where he w- we were like you ain't our dad because that did happen. You know, um, he'd rather walk away and not disrupt that dynamic uh, or or hurt us essentially right. so thanks, that's pretty dad.
1: amazing did that help with uh did you find that that type of presence helped with raising your son because you have a son in college now yeah right <laughs>
0: uh, I think that it definitely helped in picking Mike like his dad right like his dad uh, having that positive because I don't know if uh if he hadn't come along if I would have made it a point to I think I'd have just picked a garbage as human you know to like like i would have been looking for validation from anywhere that i would have like settled for any type of validation but because i felt from uh, juan like this is what you were like juan would like fight like like teach us how to fight defend ourselves in case we were ever like accosted or chased home you know um he let us know like what is not good um like, this is not the way men should talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. If a man ever says this to you, right? So Juan was there, to, like, it, it definitely helped in raising my son in that I was able to not only, like, find, like look for validation in a way that, like, I'm not even look for validation, but not feel like I needed validation because the right person would see that in you me. You just
1: had that self-worth. Yeah. yeah he you just, just it he made
0: it. And so, yeah, so with, it, with Xavier, I definitely think Juan being a presence, my stepfather being a presence in my life ha- helped, even, like with him, like with the And
1: Mike is Xavier's dad. Yeah, Mike is Xavier's and dad. And he was pre- he was present. Present though. He's the whole been time. still present. Like so yeah, we still, still cool. Yeah.
0: He's a we I mean, we had him young and we realized very young, like, this ain't forever. You know? Yeah. Seventeen. Forever means like, what if we live to hundred? You really see yourself with me eighty something <laughs> years. Get out of
1: here. So now you you've been empty nest for what, four years now? Three? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Do you think you want more children? Nope. That was quick and easy. Um, I
0: mean, I I should rephrase. Like, I don't plan on having children. I don't plan on having more children, but I'm also not the type of person who's like, if it happens, um, I wouldn't sit down and think or talk about it uh, with the person that I might like. If I find out I'm pregnant tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, God. Well, gotta do this. Well, no, not gotta do. It's gotta talk about it. Gotta, like, consider it. Like, I'm not just gonna be like, nope, let me go make this appointment. Like, I was, cause I find myself with people. Like, if I'm the man that I'm sleeping with would be someone I would want to if that happened. Like, wouldn't mind if it happened with him, right? right. Like, if it happened. But at the same time, if he's not ready for it, I don't wanna put that pressure on. Yeah. I, and if I'm not ready for it, and if we look at it and we're like, look, you know what? Because he's
1: 12 years your senior? I mean, you're 13. Your junior?
0: 13. 13. Yeah, he's 26. I'm 39. So, it, you know, that's definitely, like, of course, they're younger, older, like, that age. That's a, that's going to be an issue that comes up, right, where it's just like, he's probably going to want kids, you know, and I don't. So, right now. but Do you
1: find yourself dealing with insecurities with that, with, with the age difference?
0: Insecurities, how?
1: Just any, just things that you consider, or maybe things that may come up from other people. Other people show. You you know what? What's funny is that energy because of it. Like, do you find any? Because I know, like being in an interracial marriage for a while, I had a bunch of insecurities about how people thought and how people felt towards it. So it may not have even been a thought of somebody else's, but I was walking around thinking.
0: I'm You're being judging. looked
1: at. They they're thinking I should be with a black man. Should I be with a black man? What am I doing? You know, and you question yourself whether you admit it or not. It's real.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I question myself more than I like. I want people to know that
1: I am a 26. That you want you oh you like <laughs> I'm like I'm a
0: cougar. Look what I got. Uh,
1: <laughs> now I wonder if that's because today it is not as frowned upon.
0: I think it's because I saw it work right in my house right if my mom hadn't dated like i remember my mom getting shit for it right like yeah. i remember my mom being like am i so you mom, saw it from that aspect i saw it from my mom and then my mom being like whatever like he does this and this and he's ha- and i'm happy and like y'all just mad you can't get a like my right. mom had this so i feel like I, we just kind of took it on like i don't have insecurities about it because something about me makes it okay for him yeah. and for me and something about him makes and it, that's all that matters that's all that matters that's that's beautiful. Beautiful.
1: And, and my mom was very big like <laughs> I
0: don't care like, <laughs> she's that's, like well I care shit like I got them they did it like, <laughs> she's, she's so great
1: that's amazing I, I guess when you get that teaching right there in front of your face growing up it is easier to do it in your adult years because yeah. you'll be like hey I've seen it be okay
0: yeah and I've seen the, and I've seen it the other way around right where like my mom look my mom dated a man uh, 11 12 years her junior and then like later in life when she was 50 dated a man 20 years her senior so oh, wow yeah on the other spectrum and like I feel like she got more shit for dating the older man because then it looked like, then people were like, it's just about the money. It's just about the
1: money. Yeah. It's society just, tries to ooh! put their own ideas of what, <laughs> why we're doing what we're doing. Right. So uh, it's like, not everything is rooted in some type of vindictive behavior of trying to get something from yeah. somebody. It could really just be genuinely that me and this person have a really good connection yeah, and we're sharing
0: each other with
1: each other. Yeah. Like, and why it Why can't it be that? Oh, Why can't it be that! Right, so interesting. <laughs> so you were you were uh, the story slam and the grand slam champion of the mall. Mm-hmm. When did you know storytelling was something you wanted to do? Like, how did that come about?
0: Gosh, It was like so by accident, Kelly. Like I didn't know it was something I wanted. it's like like, it's, I, like even now, it's still like not something I know I want to do forever. But mm-hmm. I do know what I I do know that in story, I do want pe- more people to tell stories. Like I almost feel like I knew that I was destined to, like, get more people to tell stories when I no longer cared about my— like, I no longer cared about going to the Moth and signing up and winning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I used to want to go to the Moth, compete, share my story, um, and that's why I would go. And then after I won the Grand Slam, and I won again even after I won the Grand Slam, I was just like, this isn't, this isn't why I do this, you know? What I, why I do this is because um, I get off stage, and then people are like, holy cow, I am inspired. I'm connected. I feel you, and then um, and even and then people that had never met anyone like me now want to know someone like me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it it created this like, oh well maybe I was a little wrong about people from Humboldt Park or teen mothers or you know yeah, maybe you kinda I kind of gave them a a taste of like oh yeah. wait what you know like they they're like I can relate to that even though we're not from the same place mm-hmm. and that's when I realized like when it comes to storytelling. That's what I want to tap into, is this idea that with storytelling, we are able to, like, learn how to navigate around each other and also look at our experiences as as, a, as, some, as things that matter. So, like, you no longer look at your experience as, like, this is who I am, right? It's more of, like, this is why I am who I am, right? Like, instead of looking at it as just, like, I am a person from Humble Park, blah, 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 blah. Um, I look at it now as just, like, I am the woman that I am the reason I am the way I am is because I had these experiences in Humboldt Park or I had these experiences in love and I had these experiences in, you know, in, you know, work, you know, whatever, whatever topic. Instead of looking at it as, like, this is who I am. I am a woman who grew up in Humboldt Park. I'm a woman who worked at a bank. I'm a woman who worked, you know, like, we we look at it so surface like that. And with storytelling, I feel like we can get in there. That's what I do in my workshops. Like, let's find the real truth to these, like, experiences because then with those experiences you'll be able to be, like, Oh, that's that's why i I keep picking the wrong looking dudes, right? Yeah. But we have to find that. We have to actually take the moment to reflect and look at like where we may be the Least common denominator <laughs> in most of our shit, right? So,
1: so you teach at Second City too. You said, I workshops. Teach at, so you yeah,
0: teach. I teach at Second City. I do workshops around the city where it's just like basically you teach storytelling. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, discovering your story is the class I teach at Second City, mm-hmm. and uh, the workshops, um, I basically call them own your shit workshops where it's like we're just gonna open up and own our shit on these workshops.
1: Now, how does the story inspire you? How do you? Like, when when a story comes, because, I mean, we all have stories, mm-hmm. right? All the time, interactions happen, and you mm-hmm. can create something out of that. But when something happens, you say, hey, this needs to be shared or this needs to be developed. Um, it's almost like it, like, I don't, I live my life
0: because I, I live my life, and then if something bad happens or something good happens, because I like to say that life is good shit and bullshit, and it's a balance of the two, and, uh, excuse me, and uh, we can have... Um, Blessings and lessons, right? That that that's what comes out of dealing with good shit and bullshit. It's either a blessing or a lesson, and lessons are just blessings in disguise. So, um, and so when I experience something negative, um, my mom likes my mom has a saying que, is, "No hay mal que por bien no venga." There is no bad from which good cannot come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, but we fail to like look at that. We always think that like we're being cursed and it's like uh, you know like like the world's against us or whatever. But she's just like, no. Sometimes you do. The bad comes, and uh, you, it takes time. Sometimes, sometimes you won't see the good that comes from the bad for years and years. And you're like, I lost a baby. Um, six months. I gave birth to like basically a stillborn like baby, and I was like, what the fuck, right in the world. And then like, I watch like the woman across the street who's like heavily addicted on drugs, right, and is out on the, and has a perfectly healthy baby. And you think like,
1: why? Why, why is I'm that? Me? Why is that right. fair? Why
0: is that even fair? Um, but then later on you look at your life and you realize it had nothing to do with that woman like the world was not like the world wasn't trying to show you um, it's that, your perception of yeah it, it because is because of it's, what
1: you were going through right
0: and so yeah. it was like just you know because now I'm looking at it I'm like would I be where I am if I had a 14 year old
1: if you would have kept or if that if baby, baby would have survived, survived would yeah. I be
0: where I am right now and I look at it and realistically think no because when I become a mom I become a mom full time I don't go out I don't drink I don't do nothing I don't have friends I just that's my focus is that child um, so I would have been completely focused on this baby and not focused on myself. Because I also noticed that when I become a mom, I do not take care of me because I sacrifice so much for my child. Like, I don't, you know, I got, I had, like, I was almost 300 pounds. I was like, you know, like, I really let myself go. And it's so weird why I did. Like, I feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And There was a point where I was like, I felt that's what you're supposed to do as a mom. For
1: the sake of the child. For the sake of the child. So the stories that you, how they inspire you, you just you when you live life you just figure out like oh this story it's meant to because you know so many things happen I'm guessing like how does that one story come up that you're like I have to tell this what how oh to- how, how? yeah no well I think it happens
0: kind of organically for me like I don't sit down like a like like and say like hmm, what right I so you don't have a process today? or anything oh like god that. no no they just come like I'm uh, uh and I think that's what Uh, that's what makes me a little kind of weird and different in this scene is that like I don't write anything. Like I don't sit down and pre-plan anything. Um, If someone says we want you to do our show, if they give me a theme, I'll look at that theme and then I'll just walk around with it. And then one day I'll be sitting around and I'll I'll get um, something will come up. Something will be like, oh that is kind of like on that theme. And then I'll start to kind of in my head see if it does kind of revolve around the theme. But I don't write nothing because i feel like it'll come to me
1: do you ever fabricate stories to make them more appealing or are these all real stories from your own oh no these are real
0: stories from my own experiences and i feel like the 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 fabricating does not i i understand like i hear people like can we embellish because i had that's a question that comes up in storytelling on time like can we embellish can we have and i feel like you don't need to embellish if you are you right like if you are i feel like if i want to describe scared i don't have to like embellish how scared i was if i just really give the audience what scared lily b looks like and scared lily b looks uh, different than like scared kelly than scared audience member like they look different so i feel like for me the embellishment comes from giving them the most lily as possible and that's mm-hmm. where the embellish so i want them to see my angry face i want them to see like my you know i don't feel like i need to embellish like i will what i will do is i will do um hearsay, like, on the block, right? Like, uh, there's a story I tell where like, I, I get into a fight and my boob pops out. Mm-hmm. And because I'm in the fight, like, when you're in the fight, you don't remember what was going on in the fight. All you can do is take what people said afterwards right. and, and kind of plug it in. And that I will do, like, because I wasn't aware. I didn't. I wasn't looking at me fighting this woman. Like, I wasn't looking at me fighting. But other people looked at me fighting. And they were like, Lily, you, like, had the stare of a pit bull. Like, no, you locked on that. Like, people say this. And so I can use that in my story because right. I, that's what they said. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what they said. Yeah. And then my boob pops out. But it's not out. really embellished or fabrication is just a... It's just like, from what 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 I heard, yeah, Yeah. from what I heard, I look this way, um, but yeah, I can't like, I don't feel like I need to lie about this because I don't feel like my story is out there anyway. Like, I don't feel people are telling my story so what I need to lie about it for? Like, I understand if I was like, not me and I wanted people to believe I was someone else, then maybe, but I just feel like, no, my life is kind of crazy as is. Like, as (laughs) is. Why make (laughs) it worse with lies? So, I read
1: that you dealt with depression Mm-hmm. Um, in the Chicago Tribune. They did an article on you recently, mm-hmm. and um, they were promoting your one-woman Woman show, show. Yeah. that you did here last month. Uh, mm-hmm. How did that go?
0: Yeah, it was great. No, the one-woman show was amazing. I got to do it in Pilsen and then also Logan Square after having done it at Free Street Theater in February.
1: And what was it called? What was it about?
0: Uh, no, I'm Mal. It's uh, my mom saying there is no bad. Uh, and it's really about my mom, my grandma, and me, like the women in my family and how because um, I feel like we live in a world where we have allowed fear to become the like, dominant yeah, emotion. Yeah. yeah. Like we're scared of everything. And uh, and we allow it to like paralyze us. We also allow it to like sway our decisions. We also allow it to like um, like hurt people. Like we allow our fear of people to hurt people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and my biggest problem with that is that we we're not progressing we're not moving forward um we just staying where we are scared you think up. that I feel like if we're if we're yeah I feel like we you
1: feel like when we're in fear or you feel No, I feel like, I feel, I feel in like, in like when we
0: allow fear to take over like paralyze us you mm-hmm. know we don't we keeps us from moving ahead or it keeps us from making deci- decisions that um that if we weren't afraid would be easy to make yeah. right like you know like we we, we we sit there and we just don't do anything like um and and sometimes it's very I see it in like people who are like I need to stay at this job because without this job I'd have nothing. And I'm just like, yeah,
1: that like Or that's true. you'd figure it out and you'd make something work and you well, may be doing something that you love more. Yeah, but yeah. they but
0: the fear of like like that's not certain, this is certain, right? Yeah. But then I think and then so my one woman show kind of touches on this like, but did my grandmother Like, what if she had allowed fear to stop her? Would she have come here with five kids not speaking the language, not knowing nothing? Like, that had to have been scary. That had to have been scary to come here and not know the language and not know where you were going to live and have five kids and have to, like, pick up. Like, that had to have been scary, and yet they did it. Mm -hmm. And here we are, right? And I feel like we have forgotten how fearless Yeah, the people that we've come from, right? We have forgotten that what we have is first world problems, like a mug, right? Like we, like what we have is like really first world fear problems, because there were legit fears that are the people that that paved the way for us had to like, and we forget that. Like it's almost like they overcame some scarier shit, y'all. Like they overcame some way. Like my mom having to leave a man that she knew would eventually gaslight her to death. Because mm-hmm. my dad was like, you crazy, you crazy. I don't cheat on you. I don't cheat on you. And if she had just, if she had remained afraid to confront that, she'd, she'd have killed herself. I'm almost yeah. positive. that she Trying like, to figure it out. Trying yeah. to figure it out. Trying to be like, what, me? And, like, nobody listening to her. Um. So, she, yeah. So the one woman show is just like, yo, I had to come to terms with, like, I can't, I cannot let my fears control my life. I cannot let my fears rule me. Because, real talk, like, the people that paved the way for me have have come from scarier and have overcome scarier. Like, my grandma was eight years old, cleaning houses, almost sexually almost sexually assaulted at eight years old, cleaning houses in Mexico, had to stab a dude in the leg and run home barefoot. Wow. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, stuff like where, like, you know, ain't no eight-year-old in America right now cleaning a house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, having to because she has to raise six kids. Right. You know, like, that's not going to happen. Like, we have departments of services that take care of that, that make sure that that doesn't happen. But... To be able to do that and then, like, have to, like, come to America and then trust to be in someone else's house. Like, can you imagine being the eight-year-old who almost got sexually assaulted and then having to come to America to clean houses and be, like,
1: okay with it? Like, yeah. I don't know if I could go to anyone's house. It's and, a new country. and Right. And yeah. <sighs> so, 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 yeah. So, to bank that it. back around to depression, though, so you've dealt with that and you, they mentioned it in the paper. You've talked about it in your one-woman show. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something that you still struggle with? Oh, for sure.
0: I was just depressed like a month ago. Like I, and I, and I'm very open about it. Like yeah, anything like I feel like, and what's great about it now is that I'm recognizing when I'm getting there. Like it's when more, I, yeah, I'm more aware. Oh, yeah, I'm more aware of like, oh okay, my energy is being drained. I recently had my energy drained by someone, um, and it put me in a funk. Like and I, and I think it's because I allowed this person. To drain my energy for an entire weekend mm-hmm. uh, with their problems and their issues and their and and then and then finding out that like they used my energy to not even help themselves. It was just kind of like to to forget, you know, and yeah. like kind of used me like that. and then that made me feel like, well, then I had just, that energy could have gone to someone way more like appreciative or even like someone that would use that have used that energy to like but you were just like wasting
1: it Um, have you started to notice the things that put you more in a depression so mm. obviously talking to somebody and giving them a lot of energy because they're going through something what are some other things that you find Um, yourself i
0: find that like feeling um watching my friends kind of make the same mistakes over and over despite the people around them right like i feel like sometimes i carry maybe it's the empath in me but i feel ha- like when i feel helpless in in being able to help people right when i see that my friends um cars getting booted like i get really sad about uh and i and i start to be like lily those aren't you like that's not you that's you know that's the world and that's there and they will have the-. but sometimes it's just like like everyone's going through it you know mm-hmm. like i that that that's what i feel when it's just like Universal, like, everyone's going through it um, kind of brings me down. I have to shut social media off sometimes and not read what people are going through Mm -hmm. or even, like, be around uh, things that I feel, like, I want to help with, you know? Like, I don't know what it—I don't know how to describe— But I do know that it's like, that's too much for me. I'm not going to be able to attend that um, because it's going to put me in a funk. And it varies, you know? It just, like, varies. Sometimes I can go listen to a bunch of women talk about, like, their sexual assault experiences, right? And be very engaging and positive, inspiring energy. But there are days where if I went to something like that,
1: I would go home
0: and I would just be like... (gasps) yeah, You know? And so, like... Being able to like feel that before I go in is different because when I ended up in the mental ward, right after, <laughs> after like, because that's what the Tribune talks about is like me uh, cutting my wrist and um, yeah. after someone stole four thousand dollars from me. Uh, and they we, didn't
1: mention the amount. I was wondering yeah, about that. Four thousand. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna
0: buy some weed, and I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> and 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 then hearing. Like going to the mental ward and then coming out of the mental ward and hearing that the reason I slit my wrist was because I was crazy in love with someone and they were rejected me, which to me was like insulting because like I grew up in a house where women were like, you don't need a man. Right. You don't like. And to hear that, like, that's why I tried to kill myself. My family couldn't believe it. Like my family believed this person's story because he had seven days to let it sit with them. Whereas while you I, were locked up, while I was locked up, so we had seven days to spin this narrative about me over and over to everybody. So when I got out, everybody's like, "You tried to kill yourself over this, dude," and I'm like, "What? No! Like, I was, I wasn't like suicidal. I was homicidal. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I mean, neither is like one's not good, right? But, but I, that I'd rather you tell the truth. I'd rather you yeah. tell my real story. Uh, and when I heard this fake story being told,
1: it killed me. Like I was destroyed. So you find yourself cycling in and out of that depression from that stage or do you, do you think that's where it started or no, is I it think just that's something you've where, always had to
0: i think it's something that i've always maybe struggled with and just didn't know what it was until i ended up in the mental ward and
1: then you identified and now it.
0: i was and you no know, yeah because like they, they put you with a counselor and he's just like you know you you're depressed you know you have depression and uh and i was like that's what because you know they don't talk about that in brown families black and brown mm-hmm. families like they, we just it's mental illness or mental health is not something because it's so like God will find a way. Especially in my house. In my house. Yeah. It was like God will have find a way. We don't have any mental illness because God is our therapist. Um, and I always. <laughs> I, have,
1: I, do, I do. a joke about how I have MS, and I was like, or. Uh, well, well not MS I'm sorry well I was diagnosed with bipolar mania Mm because I was Mm -hmm. and I was like but I don't have that shit because my mama said if you don't claim it you ain't got it right (laughs) just that simple like it's gone (laughs) don't claim it you good (laughs) yeah exactly we ain't never had it in our family well maybe because it's never been been diagnosed diagnosed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like maybe there's lines of people that got this stuff we just think it's normal to punch somebody in the face when they eat your last spaghetti like we think that's okay I used all the (laughs) pledge you go get the
0: belt and whoop us like I remember my mom coming in the house and like and I know it was because she had just gone through the divorce with my dad and everything was weighing down on her, the bills and the divorce and everything and she had come home and me and my brother and my sister had cleaned the entire house and like used up all the pledge, cleaning all the wood because every house in Chicago has all these damn wooden Um. things, like (laughs) you know, like China cabinets like, like everything is wood and so we used a whole bottle of pledge and she came home smelled the house lemon fresh pledge and like immediately went to the bottle, shook it saw that it was half gone, whooped us for it and like what right like as a little kid you're like the <laughs> i cleaned up what are you right. what is this but, woman for but when people have mental illness right like when i feel like my mom suffered probably from depression and anxiety and all these things um to me i didn't re- now looking back i'm just like yeah she was probably like yeah i don't got money to buy any more pledge i'm
1: going through. i'm a going divorce. through a lot why would you use all my pledge what am i gonna do about the wood in the house <laughs> now my wood is going to be yeah, dusty. I know, right. I mean, you don't have to
0: use that. But when you're five years old, you don't see it that way. And when yeah. you're 12 years old, you don't see it that way. It, it isn't until
1: you learn about mental health and you're just like, Oh, man, that's what mom was suffering from. I was talking to my therapist about my—not my, my husband, I'm sorry. I do talk to my therapist about my <laughs> husband, though. But in this particular incident <laughs> was not about my husband. I was talking about my father and how, uh, you know, I used to hear other my, my mom and my grandmother, people call him lazy all the time. And he kind of gave me an impression of him. And I was like, my dad was lazy. He never really worked. He kind of, like, did odd jobs. And I just didn't feel like he was— Uh, driven or focused Mm -hmm. and I would go to her and rant about this and complain like he's just a lazy he's lazy he's lazy he's lazy and she was like or did you consider that maybe your father was dealing with some types of depression you know he he was in the military he did lose his father like it's a lot of things that happened in your dad's life that he may not have been able to articulate to you as a child but was trying to deal with Mm -hmm. the best way he knew how Mm -hmm. and it just gave me a completely different outlook on my dad because I didn't look at it like that I was yeah. like, no, nah, he was lazy as hell. But I was like, you <laughs> might be right. Because as an adult, I deal with depression. Yeah. And I have my moments where I'm high. And then I have my other moments where I'm like, this is just a really fucked up day. And it happens. And it's okay. It's that stigma of it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Something can't be wrong with you. Even if it's just small bouts of depression, that is not okay.
0: That's what's crazy about yeah. it. It's like, we can't. Because I'll just, I, I'm a cocoon. I'll just be like, up. Oh depressed and i'm (laughs) just like
1: get away (laughs) from me
0: get in the blanket and roll until i'm a little cuckoo and i'm like this is where i'll be
1: and that's why i was going to ask you too how do you cope with it when you find yourself getting down what is like some because i'm starting to i met with my uh, coach yesterday actually and we were going over this self-help plan Mm kind of like a self-care when you find yourself in that in those in those positions and what are the things that you're doing to make sure that you're Okay. Oh the gym
0: man The gym has saved my life Like the gym um, I st- Well my son a year ago was like You can't be fat and a smoker at like, just like that, he was just like, You're gonna die, and you're not gonna meet your grandchildren. He was, he's very cold blooded. That's very true, though. <laughs> I know, I was like,
1: You ain't lying, but damn. Uh, some like bedside manner. <laughs> I just made a pack with myself today. I said, Kelly, if you're gonna smoke weed, you gotta go to the gym. I yeah. already go to the gym, but some days I'll smoke, and then I'll get lazy and be like, All right, I'm just not gonna go today. <laughs> I, I go like, four, I just watch my calories. <laughs> I go like four days a week, but sometimes I'll be like, Nah, and I'll go like three because yeah. I've been smoking. But I told myself this morning and i said kelly if you smoke you have to go to the gym yeah it's a part of the day yeah because you have to balance it out Mm -hmm. the reality is yeah you have a diet you have a a marijuana card and you can legally smoke Mm -hmm. it but your Mm -hmm. body does not know the difference between illegal and legal it's still like uh (sighs) you can't hold your breath right you can't (laughs) you can't run a block (laughs) yeah thank you that's and and i think that's the
0: biggest thing for my son is that he was like no you you're you're Two flights of stairs got you winded, right? Yeah, like you have to, like exactly. you have to. He's like, I'd prefer both, but if you can't do both, um, choose one. And I was like, I guess I'm losing weight because I smoke weed too. Yo, I can't like, I, it's not, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. I was like, I guess I'm losing weight, and I did. I, you know, it's 115 pounds. Uh, since, Congratulations! Thank you. I know, and I feel great. I'm wearing like heels now, like because my knees couldn't take heels before. Like I'm, there's a bunch of so I feel like. That helped with my de- surprisingly. That helped like I could I didn't I couldn't believe how that's helped with my depression. If I'm ever having like a about I'm just like I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go knock this out and I'll and I lose I'll lose myself at the gym. Um, that's amazing. And come out of it like yeah, that's what I needed. It's better than therapy sometimes where I'm just like two hours knock out two hours like getting super sweaty and like sore and then coming out and being like yeah, that's worth it. I'm stronger now. And so the gym has been life saving. Um, people like. Uh, like, b- surrounding myself with people who also have no problem owning the- their bullshit. Like, I love people who are, like, they can own the good shit. Uh, they're not just all Facebook posts, right? Yeah. It's just, like, good shit and bullshit, you know? So they have no problem being, it's like... So like, yesterday
1: like, I was really happy, but today I'm really sad. Yeah. And they can say that and be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> do be like, Mitch.
0: Don't, like, don't nobody talk to me today. I'm in a fucking mood. And I'm like, that's real. Like, that's what I like to hear because yeah. that's what life is. Life isn't a series of, like, positive Facebook fucking quotes, right, or posts. It's, like, some real shit where it's yeah. just, like... You know, fuck, I just got my damn credit card got declined. I like hearing people, like, own their, their bullshit because yeah. it's from that that we learn. And so that helps a lot with my depression and surrounding myself with those people, going to the gym. Uh, I also like to, like, I also like to just tell stories. I feel like when I get to teach a workshop or go out there and share a story, that it also kind of helps with uh, knowing that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's all we really want to, like, I all I want to know is that, like, it ain't just me. It is not just me. It's it's not just. And I think that helps me a lot. It's like, it's not just you, Lily. It's not just you. Stop making it just about you. And I feel like I've been able to check myself. Like, you're right, Lily. It's not just about you. And then focus on the good things that you can focus on. Like, I've been learning to appreciate the little things more. You know, like the fact that I do have a son that will text me, like, how's your new boy toy doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's like, funny.
0: That's cool, because I could never text my mom that ever in a million years so it's like that's progress to me like that from even and so I have to be like Lily you're making progress and even though you don't see it you are affecting people's lives in a positive way you know you just don't hear it all the time and so you just have to know like even if they don't make you gotta keep
1: going anyway
0: just keep going and I feel like I've come to a good place in my life where I can so
1: what is uh the ultimate goal in your career I think which this yeah. question low-key was supposed to come before that depression question because it seems a little ass backwards not a lot look at it no. but it's fine <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll fix it in and post <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> no, gonna no. post it my, no. my, my 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 fan base know that i'm probably not gonna post i'm not gonna Edit, edit this yeah. Do it. it's just Get gonna it. come out but it just like that question should have came first so oh. my bad listeners we're gonna go back a little bit but we're gonna head back in a few seconds
0: um the, the i guess the goal for in my career um i don't even know what my career because i love carpentry and i love storytelling and i love teaching um are these careers for life i don't know like that's the thing is like i've been in real estate i've done head hunting i've done like a bunch of stuff i've worked at colleges i've nannied like i've done so much where I'm just like I think at the end of the day like I just want to be able to like okay I got my rent uh I want to be able to take a couple vacations every now and then like for me at the end of the day hmm I just don't want to be forgotten I think at the end of the day I don't care what I do I just don't want to be forgotten and I feel like if I make a table that stays at the south, like you know at the university for 20 five thousand years <laughs> i mean that's there, there's my table my son is is an example of like what i'm leaving behind when i'm gone you know mm-hmm. and, and whoever he like has after you know like my grandchildren great-grandchildren so i just don't want i think for me it's like i just don't want to be forgotten and it, and i don't have like a specific career which sucks like now that I'm, it doesn't suck because i feel like no and you know i was just it's so funny <laughs> that you
1: says and it sucks wait oh Okay. OK, it's so funny that you says <laughs> it's like it, sucks. it sucks because <laughs> I literally was just about to tell you how proud I or not proud of you, but how amazed I was by you being able to just say, oh, I just do this and I just do that and I just do this and I don't know. And I just I just do that and I just do this and I don't know. <laughs> and to be able to say that was very admirable because yeah, okay. people <laughs> feel like they have to have a specific plan you know like yeah. oh you know things is going like this it has to look like this so i'm headed this way and okay, it has good. to you
0: know even yeah. in my subconscious i'm just like does that because because i always feel like what i say and like is going to guide the, the the people that listen and i don't want people to be like well fuck my plans you know but you know because i'm not saying don't plan but i'm just saying that in my in my personal life all my plans have gone to shit. <laughs> like, yeah. all my plans have gone to shit. Like, every time I've been like, this is, this is, this is, this, like, something happens, right? Something, like, crazy happens that just takes it off the road. And, and how I've been able to handle those crazy, like, mis-turns like, or, or veers off the road um, have shown me that, like, you know what, Lily, just stop worrying about the plans, you know, stop worrying about that. Like you can have outlines, mm-hmm. you can have outlines for your life. Like you can outline your life in a way that's just like, but if it doesn't go that way, you know, just go another way. Like I really thought I was going to be a nanny for the rest of my life. I was like, just, I lost my job. Like, I didn't lose it. Like we parted ways less than a month ago. And two days later, this guy from the wood shop was like, Hey, I, you know, I have job work for you. And I was like, okay. Like there wasn't like, I wasn't sad about it. I didn't even like feel bad about it. I was like, I'll get another gig, and or who knows. And now I'm like in a woodshop, and I'm like, I want to do this for as long as I possibly can yeah. because it feels good and it feels right. And if that's this- beautiful when yeah.
1: you when you lean into the feeling of something where, where this feels good mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me, I'm going to keep doing it cause I enjoy it. And I guess some people could say, well, I feel good when I eat ice cream. I feel good when I eat donuts. I feel good when I smoke weed. Should I just lean into those things too? I think yes. If you're doing them for the right reason, if you have an understanding of both the, the consequences mm-hmm. and the positive aspects of it, like if I continue to do this, this could possibly fuck up my lungs yeah. or I could continue to do this and this is going to make me really happy. You know what I mean? It's like understanding your intention behind it.
0: Right. And also the consequences, right? I always tell people, like, if you know you're going to do some fucked up shit um, and you've planned out, like, that's what I do. I know, like, okay, Lily, you're going to eat this ice cream. You're going to enjoy the fuck out this ice cream. (laughs) But you know what it does to your fucking stomach. Like, you know what it does to your stomach in the morning
1: you know you had gas. Yeah, you're you know gonna you had like- a BGs. <laughs> are you okay with this? Are you okay with being on the toilet for the next three hours? And then it's just like, but you ain't never gonna have no ice cream
0: prepared to you by like the Prince of Egypt, right? <laughs> so <I'd
1: be> like, <laughs> right? If, if the Prince of Egypt
0: was like, huh, try my ice cream, I'd be like, damn, but
1: I got what's try this the payout, right?
0: Like, okay, let's try it. Fuck it. Um, but it's about that. It's about like looking at what you're about to do and and being ready for whatever plays out, right? Yeah. So the good shit and the bullshit. And I feel like that's what's what I've learned to do. With my life is like okay, we about to jump into this. Are you ready for however this goes, good and bad? And if I can test myself like, all right, fuck it, let's do this. Like with dating this twenty six year old dude, like, all right, Lily, you know, you <laughs> thirty eight, he might want to have kids. Like he comes from a totally different background and culture, and you know, like I looked at all of this, and like my best friend and my friends liking him, and my mom, and like I looked at all of this, and I was like. All right, you ready for the good shit? The good shit could be like this is a long-lasting union of two people and the bullshit is that like we find out everything blows up in our face. Uh everything. Are you ready for that? And I was just like, sure. sure.
1: I, <laughs> I was like, I'm ready yeah. for it. Yeah, I've uh, I read Shonda Rhimes' book The Year of Yes mm-hmm. and uh I read it a while ago and just the other day I just had a feeling where I was like, you know what? I'm done saying no to stuff like if something come my way I really don't give a shit what it is I'm going to say yes and I'm going to just do it and have fun doing it and fully immerse myself into whatever it is mm-hmm. and so I've gotten a couple opportunities that have come my way something I probably would have usually said no to or I would have passed on because I felt like it wasn't aligned with quote-unquote my vision mm-hmm. but I've accepted them because I'm like you know what in addition to my vision there may be so many other things out here that is so broad And so far-fetched from my perspective that I would have never experienced them had I not went down this road. Right. You know? Right, right. And I can't just keep rejecting things because I'm afraid of what, how it is not going to align with what I think I should should want. Yeah. So, Cuz it's yeah. like
0: different. Wants and needs. Like I think the the wants are what like what we want and and the universe sometimes gives us what we need, which is like needs are like what the universe gives you, exactly. right? So like wants are what we make and we put the pieces in. We make create. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get what you need and and that's the universe saying like you need this.
1: And you it turns to-. out to be way more <laughs> Way better than what Lauren
0: says. It doesn't Lauren say like what you want might make you sad and what you need might yeah, make you glad. Yeah, what if you, you want might
1: yeah 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 what yeah. You yeah I don't might
0: make you glad and what you need might make you sad if you, you don't, don't might, catch it or something like that. You know. Yeah, and I don't. And know she's the like lyrics. and what you want uh and what you. Need will we'll turn, we'll turn out, out what, what you want, want to be. be if you just let if it. Be. If you just let yeah, it. Yeah, We, the, don't, know we don't know the lyrics to that song. I do know clearly it Clearly, we jacking guess, this up. Yeah, we are But so we jacking feel up. the
1: energy of Lauren yeah. in <laughs> our spirit <laughs> in here right now. That's all you I'm need like, to know is that the I'm energy like, I is on point. I'm used to plate. know all
0: the lyrics. But it's the same thing. It's like, you don't know. Like, you never know. Exactly. fucking know.
1: All right. So we're about to wrap this up with the final four and four, which is four questions in four minutes. I'm going to set the timer right now. And these are... Fun questions, and I want you to have fun with them. Don't overthink it. Okay. Perfect. But I love questions like this. But answer them, and here we go. Every Happens every time. Happens every time. I almost got through this whole podcast without a ding. Oh. An okay. alert on my phone. That's me. I always forget to turn the Do Not Disturb on. Mm. All right. Here we go. Four and four. All right. Ready, set, go. What is the pettiest thing you've ever done in your life?
0: Ooh pettiest damn it um
1: i i don't even know how to because i have to pick the pettiest um I, the first thing that pops in your head when you think of petty you're like oh yeah i did that ah
0: i oh i took um uh, i took a fuck boy's keys after he um uh, a I, fuck boy fuck boy yeah <laughs> i took his keys threw him on a roof um uh, <laughs> after he kind of made me feel like he didn't want me over at his house i'm like oh really well then you don't want your house keys and i threw him on the roof like oh, i walked wow. out to have a cigarette he thought i was walking out to have a cigarette and i took his keys and threw him on the roof of the carport and left
1: <laughs> <laughs> super pay. like if you want your car you climb a well, building today well cuz you made me come all the way to morton grove
0: and i came to morton grove and then you act like dismissive like i don't want you here like you almost had like someone else
1: coming over so i was like oh you don't make me waste my damn time let me get these keys Oh, wow. (laughs) All right. right. If you could ask the universe for one thing that you'd have for the rest of your life, what would it be? It can be an emotion uh, like happiness or it can be something tangible like money, anything. What would it be?
0: Uh, I definitely would ask for resources for my black and brown friends activists and friends to do everything that they want to do like it's not even for me i would just want to be able to have resources unlimited amount of resources to make all the projects happen for people of color and marginalized communities unlimited resources for them for them it's not even for me it's just like
1: i want to see all your projects happen okay so money is your answer
0: I would say like resources for my friends I don't even it's not even money it's like buildings and like just anything anything that will allow my friends to create the plays and everything that they want to do like the the pictures and everything like I just find that people are struggling to find resources why would
1: you want that for them
0: because they're making amazing things happen for us but what does it do
1: for you to want that for them
0: it does it's it's for me and it's for my children it's for my children's children if i know people are out there making the world better for the people that are going to be here after my after i'm gone yeah i want to fund those things
1: okay (laughs) fund those things if you could have coffee with anyone who ever lived or is living who would that be and why
0: whoever lived and is living um whoever
1: like if ever lived they could have lived in the 1800s or they could be currently alive who would it be and why
0: uh, I want to say that it's like uh, a tie. I want to talk to like Mother Teresa and Malcolm X in the same room. <laughs> like I want to see what those two viewpoints are and like, and why. It's because like they're totally different extremes to me and also because my mom has called me Mother Teresa and some people have been like, you're very by any means necessary uh, with some people. And, if, and I've been called like, you're very Malcolm X about things sometimes. And so I'd be like, let me see what this looks like. So it's a tie. Because I don't think I'm like either of those people. <laughs> We never
1: see what other people see in us. No,
0: that's why I'm like, let me see this. All right,
1: we got a minute and eight seconds left. Let's say that you could have a conversation with your 16 year old self. What is something she must know about life that you've learned? Mm. You gotta Uh, tell her this.
0: Like, okay, um, you are going to grow into who you are. Um, Own your shit. Like I would say that to my my 16 year old self. It's like. own your shit. Like you're not gonna escape. You're not gonna be able to run away from where and who you are. Like where you come from. So own it. Own it now before you spend years hiding it under bullshit, only to find out that you could have just emerged from it. From jump. So like own your shit and uh, embrace everything right now. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't. That you shouldn't. Because that's how you're gonna come into your power.
1: Nice. You got 23 <laughs> seconds left on the clock. Look at you. Look at you exceeding expectations. <laughs> I thank you this. so much, Lily B, for being on the oh, podcast, okay. for meditating with me earlier. Oh, I truly that appreciate amazing. that. That was amazing. Um, I appreciate that. Are you kidding me? I didn't.
0: You don't know when you need something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like until you like you get it until you get. It, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I needed that. Like I needed that to prepare me for this crazy week of like uh, that weekend of craziness. Heart. Yes,
1: your birthday is Sunday. Yeah, Happy birthday! Thank you, thank you, thank Happy you. Early yep. birthday. Yep.
0: And I'm gonna play till the 15th. So yeah. So I'm like that. I needed that for today. <laughs>
1: That's perfect. That's thank a great you. segue into what you have coming up. Do you want to let them know this will drop on the 21st? So yes. So um, the I
0: have a show called The Stoop. We'll be back in January. We just had a show yesterday, but like uh, we have, uh, we'll be back in January twenty fifth for our five year anniversary show. So nice. come on to that. I make like five hundred tamales. They're free. Come on through. Uh, and then I'm also in a play. Where's The Stoop at? The Stoop is at Rosa's Lounge, thirty four twenty Armitage. Cool. And uh, I'm in a play called Meet Juanito Doe which is uh, playing at 4346 South Ashland. It's sold out, but there's walk-up tickets until December 15th, so you can come out and see it. We've sold out every show. We've, we're getting, like, crazy uh, publicity for it. And then I'm also in a podcast, live podcast recording, called The Z. Which takes place every two weeks in a different gentrifying neighborhood in the city. And we are doing like, it's like black optic politics show, which we have to have you on the round table for that so we can just talk about shit. Uh, but we do. It's basically like if The Daily Show and all these like political shows on Comedy Central were taken over by like black, brown, fear, uh, like uh, queer, femme, like yeah. fearless people, you know? And we're talking about like how politics and pop culture look through the eyes, through our lenses, as opposed to like all these old white dudes who are just telling us like what politics are. <laughs> Are. So, yeah, so yeah, that's the hoodwazi every other Saturday, and you can look all this up online. But you that's... have a website. I do thestoop.us www.thestoop.us You can find everything that Lily B and uh, we're doing and collaborating with on there, and then we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Which is what on Instagram at Queen at Queen Lily B. Like I'm just just follow me and I put all my stuff at the same thing. So at Queen Lily B. Queen
1: Lily B. Is that regular Q U E E N? Okay. Queen Lily B. L -L 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 -L
0: -L 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 Y B E. There is no like double E. It's just like I am B like in like you know.
1: I am. (laughs) I I am. am. exist. Yep, B. Nice. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I've been your girl, Kelly Howard. I'm out. I don't have any announcements today. I do have shows coming up. I just don't have them in front of me to tell you. (laughs) So make sure you guys visit my website. You already know how it goes. www.kellyhoward.com. K-E-L-L-Y-E. Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D.com. I love you all, and I'll check you next week. oh and happy thanksgiving this is the episode that will drop thanksgiving week so happy thanksgiving eat a lot love your family be thankful be grateful Mm -hmm. for all the things you have in your life and be grateful for all the things that you want in your life that will eventually come don't worry about the things you don't have because it's not real it's an illusion it's in the future Mm -hmm. i love you guys i'm out I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both.